Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. We love sharing our insight and our years of experience in design, and we're excited for you to be able to create beautiful moments in your home. Just like every design project we do is tailored for a unique client, we're always sourcing and creating beautiful pieces. And we've done all the grunt work for you in order to have some in your own home. So our one-stop shop is alicelanehome.com. And these things are so beautiful, and I'm sure you're going to find pieces that will elevate your home. So check it out, alicelanehome.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dear Alice. This is Jess Bennett. We've got Sue Hall on drums. Word. <laughs> Hi, guys. I play bass. <laughs> That's Corey. Yeah. He's Corey the dude pl- voice in the, in the tree. Corey the plays triplets. on bass. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's what we say when we're yep. playing live because oh, I actually really? do play bass. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Corey's a musician. I do not play the drums. I say like a lot. This is Suzanne talking. <laughs> that's percussive. <laughs> It totally is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and, and Jess Bennett owns the place <laughs> and she loves love. I love oh. love. I do. It's true. And I love, I love dogs. Oh yeah. And she has, she has her very own lady Bennett. I do. She's a cavalier. Yeah. So, so, so pretty. She she's, looks like royalty sometimes when I walk in and she's just basking on her Jess or Adam's lap. Yes. So, so lovely. She's so cute. Adam said, I feel like we made her. You did, yeah, 100%. If you guys, if you guys can make a puppy, it'd be Lady Bennett. That's right. Speaking Word. of That's speaking true. of Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, um, we are doing a book review today on the top ten favorite design books. Damn. And Suzanne sent me an image last night of Charlotte Moss. Oh my gosh, you great guys. Charlotte Moss, and she had two Cavaliers by her side, where she was lounging on this sofa with a bullion fringe along the bottom. She looked better than ever. She looks like such a fox, and. Funny, before Lady Bennett, Jess had Jimmy Jimmy Bennett, who yeah. was a dark calf. And so anyway, yeah, it was just, I'm white. just like, Jess, it's you. Yeah. It's you sure, and Charlotte are the both, same. Both living puppies right now. <laughs> I know. You got the reincarnated versions of Charlotte's puppies. I'm just like her. I know. Yeah. So anyway, back to book reviews. I know. We, we get asked a lot um, this question about like, what are your favorite design books? And in projects, we're always installing the most beautiful big coffee table books on their cocktail tables. And we try to... We try to find out a lot about their interests so we can align some of these gorgeous big treasures with what they're interested in, like if they love rocks or if they love travel or what cities they love. And there's always gorgeous big books on them. Well, our favorite topic, of course, is interior design. And Sue and I's houses are full of big, beautiful cocktail table books. It was really hard to limit it to 10. Mm -hmm. Justin, I feel like we've had homework this last week because we've been going through. It's been finals week. It has. We're so stressed out. I'm yeah, just kidding. Definitely. So we went through to find our favorites so that we could advise you on what we would buy if we were only going to buy 10 books. Are you guys going to share like these are, this is one of our favorite books because, and is that, yeah. is that ever aesthetic? Like how the book looks itself? Yes. yes. Like on a cocktail table or something? For sure. Okay. Like yeah. I have a book here. I love the interiors of it. I love what it says, but it's always like if we're doing a photo shoot at my house or something like that, or they're like, just grab books for the lookbook shoot. A hundred percent of the time I grab this book. Mm-hmm. It's always the top of the stack. So it's like the book that you see. Mm-hmm. The typeface is perfect. The cover is so beautiful. It makes any room look automatically 10% better because the book is so gorgeous. Oh, man. And if you have a um, one of our beautiful Lucite book cradles, 
this is the book I put in the cradle. <laughs> like it is the workhouse for me, workhorse for me. So I brought it today to make sure those of you that are styling your homes or want a beautiful book to inspire, I think it's stunning. But all of these books, there's only 10 of them. Mm -hmm. I think they're all worth having on your shelf if you are an interior design enthusiast like we are. Yeah, or just, I don't know, just like a global collector. I feel like all these are fascinating people with mm -hmm. fascinating stories and the images are stunning. But when you crack open any of them, the words are beautiful. Like read even just like, if you're going to read anything, read the editor's note mm -hmm. and read the forward and the images like feel that much more deep and you're going to be looking at them differently. Totally. I promise you. So. Well, and I also feel like most of these books are about the images because they're about interiors and there's very little to read. So if you're a reader, you might want a novel, but if you want a beautiful book to just stare and study and understand like, they're draperies and, you know, are draperies only white or are they color? Oh, he likes color draperies. How do you do it? And yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're just totally. really like trying to figure out how to use color, how to use what textiles to use, or I don't know how to layer really, really beautifully. So anyway, we'll get into it. Okay. What's your first book, Sue? My first one is May I Come In? And this is by Wendy Goodman. Now, something cool about Wendy Goodman is she... Was a magazine design editor. She was previous interior design editor for Harper's Bazaar, House and Garden. She's written for New York Times, fashion editor, and worked with Anna Wintour when they were both at Harper's Bazaar. Mm. I didn't know that about her. Beautiful. Anyway, I looked up like some of these people just so I could like understand their credentials because I think that also like gives weight to the content, right? Yeah. Like, they assembled all these things because they've seen everything. Mm -hmm. They've traveled the world. They've seen all these spaces. And I just, I love this book. This is one of my favorite books to put in my book cradle. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of this one, 8,100. Anyway, all these actually would look rad in the book cradle, but mm -hmm. this one specifically um, is she, basically I'm going to read a little bit of the foreword. It's a book about the last great dance with magazines from the 1980s on up to the presents. Mm. And I think that that's so cool because we love a magazine. And I remember like when I was in school and everything, magazines is what, how I would stay current. You have your books, but you would always look at magazines because that's what you look mm -hmm. at now that's kind of like gone toward online. And so I just love that this is like such a beautiful compilation of just these celebratory spaces of these people, brilliant people too. Um, one thing I love that she wrote in that forward, it says, it starts at a time when simply opening a magazine was your passport to the world. There was no internet, no social media. There were no cell phones, no computers, not even fax machines. You didn't have a clue what anyone was doing or what, where they went. Once you parted company, that was the world I lived in when I began my career as a fashion editor. This is, I'm going to jump to this part. She says, I started venturing into the private realm when privacy was something to protect. And I was always aware of what a great privilege it was to get behind closed doors over the years of going into other people's houses, I have discovered three things to be true. These are really good guys. Get your, get your pen. The first is that curiosity and never giving up will get you everywhere. The second was, is what Diana Vreeland expressed so perfectly when she wrote, few things are more fascinating than the opportunity to see how other people live during their private hours. And the third is that houses never lie. They tell you if they are loved. They tell you if they have been created to impress and thereby sit in loneliness and they embrace you with palpable joy and warmth when they have been created with authenticity and heart. And I think that that's so true. And I think what this book does is like, it takes you into these people's homes and they're just, they're very authentic spaces and they're all super, super diverse and they're all over the world. And the people are fascinating. 
but I just love that, that, that last one, that a house never lies, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that these, all these books, I think will teach you a great lesson about the, the person who dwells there. And so I think it's, I think in all these books, as we talk about them, really, when you, hopefully you're going to go on and order some of these for yourself and start kind of deep diving in mm-hmm. to figure out what is influencing you. If your house looks like your neighbor, that's a problem. And that's such a misfortune to the world we live in because it's so fascinating mm-hmm. and you deserve to be you and they deserve to be them. Yeah. And I think that that's what these books really say. So I agree. Yeah. Um, may I come in that Susan's talking about is the most beautiful color of marigold yellow. And um, the, the text on the front is actually script. So it's this really fun, almost looks like a handwritten cursive. Um, so it's just so beautiful and big and bold. And obviously she's great at layout and design and copy because she's used to being, you know, doing magazines. And I think it's a visual feast. I love may I come in such a good one. Um, I'm going to do Thomas O'Brien. Thomas is been a longtime favorite of mine and I kind of feel sheepish about it because there's all these new fun, fast designers like Kelly Wurstler and everything mm-hmm. else. And while I love and admire all design work, there's something about Thomas that just has always resonated with me. And I wish I could totally put my finger on it, but I think his business acumen is really, really, um, it rings true to me. And, um, like one of the things that I love about him is all of these works that he's designed have been based off of antiques mm-hmm. and, um, he, he has a shop and I have a shop mm-hmm. and he's also an interior designer. And in studying about which of these books I want to talk about, uh, so many of the things just reminded me of like a similar path. He's of course, so in New York city and yeah. much, much cooler than I am. But, Stop it. um, anyway, I will, I have two Thomas O'Brien books, so I'm cheating. I'm going to do two for one. Uh, so these books are written by Abrams, which I think is a really intellectual, amazing sure. publisher. Yeah. Like I'd be so flattered to do a book with Abrams. Yeah. Wow. Most of Super them are legit. usually Rizzoli, um, or Asseline, but Abrams mm-hmm. is like a different type of book. So, Um, Okay, so Thomas O'Brien has two that I have here. One's called Arrow. Arrow is A-E-R-O, and that's the name of his store in New York City. The other one's called American Modern, and I'm going to just try and split my time between two. Um, So about Arrow, he says, Arrow is where Thomas O'Brien formulated the warm, modern look Mm. that first brought him into prominence through his style. Though his style is truly truly about finding the sympathy between modern and antique ideas in many things. Downtown's industrial and artistic loft culture, the elegance of vintage modern design and the simplicity of American country furniture and rural uh, living, showcasing hundreds of never seen before images. Uh, We're going to see Thomas's store as well as his home. And um, he talks about his artful roots in this, in this first book uh, called Arrow. He says, oftentimes over the years, I've been asked, what exactly is Arrow? Here's the simplest answer. Arrow is a studio and a store, two connected businesses coexisting under one roof. And I could also say that Arrow is a laboratory. It is a location in the downtown neighborhood of Soho in New York City. For some, it is a place to go for ideas about design and as much as it is to shop. People come to know Arrow in different ways. Sometimes visitors to the store don't realize that Arrow is all related to the designer Thomas O'Brien. Even though I am the proprietor, I am in the studio every day. Sometimes people who know my work wander in 
or otherwise learn that I have a store and then become customers. Sometimes store customers turn into clients for the studio or interior projects, which is sort of the same. I know. It's like I'm reading your biography. Yeah. And we we used to always say like the store is like a laboratory where we can kind of figure things out. So in, um, in his other book, American modern, um, few key points I just wanted to share with you guys are, um, so it's an interesting thing, the way he talks about modern, Mm -hmm. I was really curious because in American modern, his chapters are traditional, modern, urban, modern, casual, modern, American, modern, elegant, modern, formal, modern, and vintage, modern. And so I was like, that's interesting because I wouldn't ever describe his interiors as modern the way that a lot of the other books that are about modern design are truly, truly very spare and very simple. And so welcoming and they're so warm. So warm. And he's just like the king of layering. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this is, this is what he says. He says, design can be many things to many people, but to me, it has always been about tradition in modern life. I think that's what he's talking about in modern life. I love is that, that he's talking about that this is current state we're in life today. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, I'm guided by traditions, both inherited and studied, mm-hmm. uh, which I will bend to the moment I am living in. I'm one to look back in order to move forward. Mm-hmm. So he truly, truly does that. Uh, throughout the books, I've seen so many of his antiques or pieces now that are in his furniture lines that are now a century furniture and in your home. Yes. A lot of his pieces too. I do. Yeah. I do look a lot and I have a lot of his lighting in my home and a lot of that lighting are antiques that you're seeing in his store that he's now put into mainstream. So they're still available and programmed so that we can continue to sell them. I think he's a great businessman for a designer, which designers are usually artistic people. Yeah. And business sometimes is at the back of our mind and like Mm -hmm. our art or our craft is on the front of our mind and making people happy. But I do think he was, he's really brilliant with the way that he set himself up. He's amazing licensed designer has lines through century furniture, um, uh, visual comfort. Rug lines before through Safavia. Rug lines through Safavia. Yeah. yeah, Which I have a couple of those. Um, I feel like he probably has fabric lines and every, he's like the full 100, the whole gamut, 360 degree tour of, of all lines for designers that are licensed. And so I think that's a really nice way for people to continue to make money and take care of themselves and have their, have their lifestyle, like live on the mm-hmm. things that they love. So another thing it's fun. Cause Jess and I, we get to go to market. And so, you know, in passing, we'll see Thomas in his showroom and he's quite shy Mm-hmm. which I think that's such, especially for someone as well known as he is. Yeah. I think that's such an endearing quality mm-hmm. that he just, he's not out about getting in the spotlight, but yeah, he's so celebrated. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's, he's, I feel like he's always sketching. Mm-hmm. He's always drawing. Yeah. And I feel like I've got, grabbed like a picture of him drawing in a showroom before. And I don't know. I just think that that's so admirable that he's continually always being inspired, always working toward the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing it just for the love of design. Yeah. And he's, you know? he sets up his own showroom and he um, styles the whole thing himself. He uses a lot of his own pieces to style his own art, his own relics and whatnot. And when you walk in, it feels like somebody lives there. Yeah, It doesn't feel like a showroom. And it's just like the most believable, honest work that... Mm-hmm you can see it all of market and it just feels like home. Yeah. We're always anxious to get to his showroom because 
very rarely do you, do you feel a lifestyle when you're at market, you see like a catalog of furniture, you see the pieces, you sit on them and they're beautiful. And I think everybody does a great job at like putting all this stuff together from their own catalog, but his feels curated because it is, it has his own treasures. And I think that, that is so, it's so brilliant. And we're always just taking tips and making notes. And I'm like, Jess, come look at this. And she's like, Suze, come look at this. So yeah. Thomas O'Brien, thank you for putting your work out into the world. Yeah. We so, love you. So beautiful and brilliant. Um, one last little thing that I underlined. He says, although I'm often referred to as a modern designer, my job I think is more about editing what has come before and making it into something new. I've always felt you can't move ahead unless you know where you're go where you're coming from in order to really decide what you want to take with you and what to leave behind. Mm. Practicality, industry, boldness, scale, simplicity, and serenity innovation. These are the ingredients of an American modern style, which I think is really, really great. Yeah. Yeah. One last little bit is this is so true of like designers. I know there's designers that listen to this podcast too. So this will be fun for you guys. He's talking about orphans in his own house Mm -hmm. because like we always collected this or that, or this scrap of fabric or Jamie, like we hold on to these little things. So he says, I kept these certain chairs. There's these Chinese Chippendale chairs that he had Um, He got it a favorite antique dealer in Soho. And he says, um, because of how beautiful they were, and they were, I never thought I would restore them. And then working on my apartment, I saw the potential to bring them into this modern unadorned living room. I thought how these new ornate chairs would look in combination with the aluminum and walnut table right there in the archway, the first thing you would see. And then all of a sudden it was their time. It was time to fix the chairs and I kept some beautiful rough artist linen and it was time to use that fabric on those seats. A domino effect of juxtapositions that made each component feel right. This is something that has always been part of my collecting. I save bits and orphans and eventually find the place to use them. I find a way to make them work. I think that even old ramshackle things and handsome odd parts waiting to be turned into new things can fit into the evolution of a home. It's worth keeping the imperfect pieces that you love, um, that you instinctively love to be saved for later or lived in, in the meantime, in all their charming ruin. So I love that he talks about poetry. the orphans. I know. <laughs> so poetry. beautiful. And if you're a designer, then you know, like, you just, do. you just pick things up. You're always collecting like little this and that. And then one day you get, there's like this synergy and it all clicks and there's a place for all of it. And you're like, I'm so glad I saved that. I'll raise your hand. If you have stacks of fabrics that have no home yet, they are orphans. They don't <laughs> have so a frame true. and yeah. we all do in a dark room in the basement, but Yes. They will, they will be utilized. Definitely. I hardly uh, did I Thomas O'Brien justice, but, um, he has such a beautiful mind and I think his homes all feel like home mm-hmm. and they're real honest, yeah. but they're really stylish. Yeah. So, and I love all his pieces. I could live with everything he makes. Showrooms are ridiculous. You guys. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Definitely. What do you have next? One thing I'm just going to say real fast as I look at right now, just to give you a visual, we're at this big long walnut table and we have stacks and stacks of books with tabs and highlighting and <laughs> all the things. And I want to say that Jess's books are all of like disciplined designers. Each one of them is like an actual like designer with all their works and like a, dis- a very, again, disciplined aesthetic and direction. And mine are all mixtapes. <laughs> no. what? And I think that that. I do think the mixtapes are probably oh. the best though, because it's like a best of album. Yeah. Right. So it's all the favorite songs yeah. and like, it's a mix of gorgeous things. So those of us that are, I think 
um, I'm probably going to get um, canceled for saying this, but um, those of us that have ADD that yeah. love to change subjects and think a lot about a lot of things, you could stick with one of these books all the way through because it naturally changes for you from designer to designer and shows you a different thing. And it keeps your very excitable brain that loves all things pretty yeah. completely occupied. Yep. I so. was the girl that always bought soundtracks. I loved a soundtrack. Oh. I bought a lot of soundtracks because it like showed me a lot of like different artists. And so anyway, it's just interesting yeah. that our choices like yeah. are reflected down to the books that we buy. Uh-huh. Um, so it'll be fun to see which of these books you like, you know, if you like the more strict discipline, once you narrow in what you like. Yeah. Um, but these I think are all really good. Um, the may I come in. Um, the other book I'm going to talk about right now is called the authentics. And this one is by, hold on. The authentics has the most beautiful cover. Oh it's yeah. mostly white. And then it has a girl like moving in fast motion in pink. Yeah. She's like a blur and you She's can't so really beautiful. tell what's what, but the energy and the motion in the photo is just so fun just to leave also top of stack mm, sure. on your cocktail table. Yep. And it's just so peaceful and serene. And that little bit of pink is yep. gorgeous. The binding so pretty. A lot of times too, if you have a book that you love, but you don't love the cover, take the jacket off mm -hmm. and see what's on the inside. The authentics is also beautiful because they have this almost like letterpress type of, it says the authentics and the spine is just, it's like it's been upholstered in linen. And mm. then the text is white. And this one is the actual editors of this guy are, sorry, uh, Melanie Acevedo and Dara Capo Negro. She was the creative director for Schumacher & Co, or is for Schumacher & Co, which is one of our favorite celebrated fabrics. Um, she's the former editor-in-chief of Veranda, and she's been an editor at El Decor, which again, just accolades. Um, of what they do. And again, the authentics is really cool because it takes a lot of these designers from Kelly Wurstler to Ashley Hicks to Louboutin. And so it's not just like interior designers, but it's just tastemakers in general. And it goes into their homes, which I always, those are always my favorite. I love seeing yeah. the interiors of the tastemakers. They're a lot more curated. They've been, they're usually working for other people, but they have such great taste that they've naturally been collecting things their whole lives. And so they're really, really interesting spaces um, that have a really great story. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit of this again. The introductions are just so good, but it's just on the subject of authenticity, which I guess is my theme today. It says, what does it mean to be authentic, to genuinely follow your heart, live an honest life and measure your worth based on your own merits, not based on what others think of you or whether they accept you. Miriam Webster defines authentic as being true to one's own personality spirit or character sincere with no pretensions i searched further and found other descriptive qualities such as lack of falsehood trustworthy accurate and bona fide pure one source mentioned that when people are true to themselves they're usually very kind with all this in mind who wouldn't want to be authentic and i love that and i think that that's so true as you start making decisions in your houses and start to i don't know digest all of these spaces i think and read the words too um, you'll start to find commonalities and be like, I like that. I like that profile. What is the century that that antique was made? I want to buy that for my own house because that resonates with me. Um, one quote that I loved from Ashley Hicks, and you, you realize how human these people are too. Mm. When you see them in their space with their kids and things are wild and things are crazy and they're romantic and they're quirky. But Ashley Hicks said, um, I don't think any particular style is better or more valuable than any other, but the stronger it is, the more interesting for me, at least. So be strong in your aesthetic. And I think that that's really cool that 
people are just giving you 100% permission to do what you want. If you like a color and it's not in a magazine, that's okay. Paint your walls in that color because that's you. So anyway, I love just all these people in here. We're just like flipping through. So beautiful. That book's it's so stunning. This is another one that like I often have open on one of the cradles yeah. just because I really want to see the interior of my books and I flip them every day and I look at different scenes because they're just so darn inspiring. So beautiful. Um, okay, Jess, what you got? Next up, Thomas Pheasant, Simply oh. Serene. This is the workhorse book that I was telling you guys about. Top it's of stack. So pretty. So gorgeous. It's a symmetrical cover, drapes. It's got a beautiful starburst mirror on the cover and it's just like white and neutrals and a little bit of gold, really, really gorgeous. Um, also the spine is white and I love to put light spines with light spines. I don't like to mix up the colors too much. That's just me, but mm. I do love this book. It's always on my center hall table, but I wish it was in every room of my house. <laughs> and as far as the interiors go, um, we had Thomas Pheasant on the podcast. If you guys remember, he is based out of DC and he works around the globe, but his most recent project includes the Blair house, which is the president's guest house on Pennsylvania Avenue across from the white house. So like, that's like the ultimate in yeah. Like he's like the king. He made right? it. He's yeah. Thomas doesn't. He made it. He graduated to the highest <laughs> high <form> five <laughs> interior design. And his his interiors are exquisite. They are beyond. They're just beyond. They are mm. a thing of like White House museums. No, they're ar like they're architectural. You can tell mm -hmm. he's just so studied in classicism, but then he knows how to do the mix. Yeah, which is such a talent. Like yeah. it's. His, his furnishings are so exquisite, so exquisite. Nothing about this is an ordinary life that most people would live, but I imagine he gets hired by people that want extraordinary, extraordinary interiors. Um, the most beautiful finish work, I feel like lives in his book. He's got leading edges of Greek key on his drapery. And then just like the furnishings, the rugs, it's just like a... It's just like excellence, you know? It's one to study. Yeah, for sure. What's interesting yeah. though, this seems like such a normal thing to say and I thought it'd be fun to say it here. Yeah. He says, it's safe to say that no two designers, even two who might share similar aesthetic uh, and cite the same major influences would ever go about creating the same interior. Simply put, the process is too personal. A client could use the same highly specific language to tell a dozen different designers precisely what she, what she wanted. And she would nevertheless get a dozen different results. Each one of them might very well be spectacular in its own way. It's the last part of the statement in its own way part that makes my chosen field so dynamic and fun. Every project affords new opportunity for growth and expression. How many people get to say that about their jobs? Oh, high five. <laughs> right? I yeah. love that. I know. I love that too. Anyway, it's a stunning, stunning book. If you want to be challenged as an interior designer, or even if you just want to up level a table and have his beautiful classical work out, I think his work is so beautiful. He says over time with lots of practice, the process becomes far more intuitive. Um, we see that in our own, totally. in our own uh, studio. And then there's another beautiful line that he says, which is there's nothing more luxurious than space to breathe. Ooh. Right. Amen. There's like no overstyling for him. Yeah. I think he puts all the work into the moldings and the railings and the detail of his work. And so the furnishings are exquisite and they do their job, but never overstyled. No. There's always like a simplicity. There's space, even though, there's space on the table. 
Yeah. We, we've said this before too. Like you don't need a lot of little things. You just need like one or two great things. Mm-hmm. He's king of this. Yes. And then you just leave the rest for, for the eye to wander. Definitely. And just absorb that one great thing. And that's all you need. Yep. I agree. What do you got next? Gorgeous. Okay. So I'm, I'm kicking it old school on this one. This is one that I've had since like it was put out in 95 and I've had it since I went to school. And this is where this is. I only put this in just because I get a lot of texts on just like, how do I learn to sketch? Hmm. How do I learn to do that? And this is the, this is the book that I think helped me the very most. This is um, from Charlotte Moss. We talked about her and her beautiful, yes. her beautiful puppies. Um, and she, she was fun cause she came to, she was a visiting designer at our, at our university. And so I was the one that got to take her on tour of the, of the university. And she's just like, is as warm as her spaces are. She's lovely. And she really does refer to, she's a designer, but she refers to herself. She's just, you know, she's such, anyway, she, she refers to a lot of it as decorating. Mm-hmm. Hers is decorating, mm-hmm. which is why I say, I'm like, if you're really good, you're good at both. You're good at designing and you're good at decorating. And I think we are. Um, and she very well is, but this book, she goes in like four different basic stages to help you understand the different levels of design. Um, and just like the first is like, she talks about fantasizing about a space mm-hmm. and dreaming about what it could be. You analyze kind of the functionality of it is and how you live. And then you start to visualize is when you start to add the decoration to it and add the color after you figure it out, kind of the form follows function, right? Yep. And then you realize, you know, and the thing I love about this book, especially for those that are wanting to learn a little bit more how, how to do what we do, how to, how to sketch, how to start looking at things is it was illustrated by Jimmy Steinmeier. Who's one of like the most brilliant illustrators ever. It's incredible. And I would study these and what this book taught me as I like looked at these spaces that Charlotte design and Jimmy illustrated was the space planning Mm -hmm. and how, how to actually maneuver and show furniture in a space. And when you look at it three dimensionally, Mm -hmm. it's a lot different than looking at it so strictly on a floor plan. Um, So anyway, space planning also just details. And again, kind of just that massing of what's important and when to be quiet, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you're a maximalist or a minimalist. Um, he just does such a beautiful job in his illustrations and her words are lovely. And she's just a Southern belle. And I told Jess, I'm like, she, she felt like a country singer cause she was just so darn warm Aww. when I was with her. And she have a Southern accent. She sure does. She's from yeah. Virginia. So yeah. anyway, but she couldn't be lovelier. Her words couldn't be lovelier. Her spaces are so steeped in tradition and just, you know, something yeah. of a movie set, totally. right? Like you feel really comfortable in them but she just has, so the interiors that are illustrated will feel more old school mm-hmm. for sure, but the art is there and the words are there and they still have gumption and really good sound advice. So I really like creating a room. You can find it like probably on like eBay and things huh. like that. Um, it's out of print probably. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we're, we're going to be putting a lot of these on our website. This is one you might just have to hunt for, but if you are into sketching or into studying some of those details, I think it's a good place to start. That's great. I love that. I have Vincent Wolf. You guys, mm. I have all men. <laughs> Did you I, know this? Jess has a very, yeah, uh, this isn't surprising I just, me. I love the work of men, interior designers. Um, we currently don't have any men on our staff. We have in the past, but I just love the strength of so many of these designers. There's something just really strong mm-hmm. and it's it's just a really strong statement. Vincent Wolf is such a beautiful space planner. 
if I ever feel stumped, I'll often be like, you know how Vincent Wolf floats a bed in the middle of the room and doesn't push it against the wall and then puts that like screen behind the bed to like give it something to rest on, even though it's still floating or do you remember how Vincent Wolf does that one thing where he floats this or floats that or throws that on an angle. His rooms are so ethereal. They are just absolutely beautiful. They look like water could flow through them and not have to stop. You know, and oftentimes he will kind of like drench it in like white floors, white walls, you know, so it does feel mm-hmm. like a gallery. And so all these pieces again are curated and you really feel the form of them. Yeah. Again, it's just like really, again, blank backdrop because he's celebrating something, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's yeah. just, it's beautiful. This book is called uh, The Four Elements of Design, Interiors Inspired by Earth, Water, Air, and Fire. And the foreword is by the great Margaret Russell, who has been forever um, the editor in chief of architectural digest, or she was at the mm-hmm. time. And, um, anyway, just really beautiful. He, it's clear that he really loves the color blue. He uses it a lot. His blue though has like a dot of periwinkle in it. Loves mm. whites. Like Suzanne said, um, a few, he's really beautiful at drapery. I feel like, and Romans or silk Romans, or even a sheer Roman, which is really foxy in a room. And there's always something like carved, like African and carved or traveled in with all of these really serene, beautiful, ethereal colors. But then there's something earthy, like Mm -hmm. the carvings in there. Um, And then of course- He's Cuban born. Yes. He's Cuban born American interior designer, but he- yeah. And you, I think I feel that influence of a global space in his, in his interiors for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, in this bedroom, there's a bed floating in the middle of the room, probably off the wall by like two feet. And then um, he's got a high gloss white ceiling, a view of the ocean and just like lots and lots of whites, neutrals, bisques, and the tiniest bit of like a light bluish gray just like in upholstery. It's just such stunning, stunning spaces. And I think sometimes if you get in a rut as a designer or even somebody that just wants to rearrange their furniture, I feel like Vincent Wolf is always a great place to go to to sort of challenge yourself to pull the furniture off the wall. I think everybody pushes their furniture all up against their walls, pull it off the wall, give the room a better conversation. And I don't know, just like loosen it up a little bit. I think it's going to feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, Vincent is forever been a favorite of mine. And we have a couple designers that work with us today that interned with Vincent in New yeah. York. And it's fun to hear stories uh, about him and his firm and the work and mm-hmm. all of that. He so nice as everybody. Yeah, it yeah. does. It's like, good. They had that problem too. So do we. Yeah. They had that success. So do we. Definitely. Yeah. What do you got next? Okay. So this one is again, a little bit off kilter. It's not necessarily a design book where they're teaching elements of design, but it's definitely one of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And this one, see the world beautiful. And this is one for sure. The size of it is beautiful. The actual cover of it is so inspiring. I think it's honestly one of the first books I bought when we moved up to Trolley and started carrying more books. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but it just, Anne um, Mank, I think is how you say her last name. She's a famous photographer, um, German born and... Anyway, who specializes, she specializes in editorial, advertising, beauty photography. I think her husband is from South Africa and they have three boys and now they live in Mexico in a surf town. Mm. Anyway, but she like travels. I'm like, oh, she has three boys like me. She travels the globe with them. And just like the way that a lot of like fashion editors and things I've read um, or when they work with this photographer, all of her things are like rooted in this almost like bohemian 
era, right? Like she goes to the tops of the mountains and to the back roads of all these indigenous places all over the world. And she meets these people. And a lot of the things that they're wearing inspire these fashion designers mm, and inspire interiors and things. So she's, she's just brilliant. Um, the book is gorgeous and it's very, it's, it's humbling. It's beautiful. I think it's a real study in the human Mm. too and just in different cultures which i think is such a beautiful thing to bring into your home um one thing i love this is a part of the preface of this book it says um she's talking about this book some of these scenes she says i love the photo of a group of men in salvador brazil everything is crisp white and blue or bold blue floor length white robes with bold blue prints paired with white sandals and blue socks the floor tile is that same blue. So this is talking just about the styling of these people in their indigenous like space, but with like interiors and fashion in mind. Okay. Um, it's like a tropical cousin of the maximal minimalism on display in Donald Judd's Marfa, Texas, which is such a cool space. And what about the Mongolians with their yurts and thick robes with colorful sashes that could easily and perhaps did inspire the archives of Hermes in the 1970s and Yves Saint Laurent? As we well know, the real thing sets the thousand trends and best of all, never goes out of style. Anyway, just to say that like these, these indigenous lifestyles and these people, they're like, as you look around for inspiration and as you travel, I think there's so much to be taken back. And I think as you look in these books, I think it'll inspire things in your home. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. And just be like, I really connect to these. And I love humans. Yeah. My art has humans. So it's no surprise that this was one of the books. Jess is probably like, why? That doesn't teach us about interior design. Why oh, is this no. book on the thing? I think it's beautiful. It's just. I have that book. It's absolutely it. stunning. And I just, I, I love a person. Yeah. The typography is beautiful. Yeah. The font styles, the f- photography, it's something to be celebrated and it's huge. It's the massive. book itself is really big. So it looks amazing on a cocktail table or a console or anywhere else. It's a workhorse of a book. But I look at some of these pictures, I'm like, that could be the lifestyle image for a whole inspiration for a room. I agree. 100%. The fashion, Very the colors. Inspiring. So yeah. look at it just if you want to look at a, in a different spot for inspiration as you kind of travel your house. Yeah, I love that. Trying to bring outside influence in. So. I love the size of that book. I just, Sorry, I've just been listening to you guys just yeah. Yeah, trying <laughs> to like soak it in. I love the size. I love the cover. The typefaces, it's stunning, really beautiful, yeah. really it's, inspiring. It's a mood. It's, it's a it's total mood. anybody's house too, even if you don't love yeah. what we're saying that we love. Yeah. And I think it's really awesome too, because not everybody like just says, wants interior design books mm-hmm. everywhere, because that's not their their study, right? They do yeah. other things. But I think art and photography are beautiful things to keep around, because I think every your, you, your audience, your children, there's something to be inspired by that in whatever, in whatever realm they work in. Right. And so I think it's a real human, a real human book. And I like that about this. That's beautiful. I would say most work works of art inspire other mediums. Totally. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll watch a movie and that inspires a song or a book Mm -hmm. that inspires, you know what I mean? So, and and maybe even vice versa. I don't write books or movies, but yeah. So I would say that that's looking at that point of view is, um, yeah, that's that's like a, a great way to look at it. Yeah, and humans should inspire our spaces. The humans that we design for yeah. inspire the space. And so therefore that's why this I think is so fascinating because it just, it brings that human element in and like makes a space a lot warmer than if we were just looking, mm-hmm. you know, at flat pieces. Humans inspire yeah. for sure. I love that. That's great. Um, next up I have Stephen Seals' Decoration. 
We are on number eight. We've got two left to go. <laughs> Keep your the on track, forward guys. is by Carl Lagerfeld, which is stunning. Um, Stephen Sills is, he lives in, um, let's see. He lives in New York, in Bedford, and his house has been dubbed the chicest house in America by Carl Lagerfeld. Common to all of them is a sense of atmosphere, point of view, the soul and the this um, soul and the stamp of a master craftsman at work. And I will say Stephen Seals is definitely a master craftsman. It's inspiring so to good. me um, to just work really hard to do extraordinary work. I just always try to level up whenever I can. And I think his styling is beautiful. His collections are stunning. They use, uh, he uses antiques. He's, he's one of those two, like kind of in the same camp, I feel like as Thomas Pheasant where his moldings are massive. I feel like he's always using a dental mold because mm -hmm. the rhythm is so beautiful. Uh, his furnishings, I think, soften it. Some of them more feminine um, to kind of break it up, but a lot of history in his work. Mm -hmm. And um, it just feels like a masterclass looking at each page, which I just adore. And I feel like I learn something every time I look at this book or if I have it resting on a cradle, I can just sort of sit and pick it apart, stare at it, try and understand and level up one fun thing. Um, we, we always buy furniture at market and I see certain things in this book that I'm like, Oh my gosh, so-and-so makes a piece like that now. Yeah. Um, based on an antique that he purchased, love that. which is, which is really fun just to see some of the origin of this. But anyway, I think Stephen Sills is a master. I feel like his book is extraordinary. It is very big. It's got a purple spine, which is lovely. I think it looks amazing in a living room. It's super. And yeah. um, it constantly challenges me to level up. So I love his work. From all the photos that I'm seeing in your guys' books, yeah. they all feel really timeless. Yeah, like right? I was, yeah, like I, that's something I've been like trying to like yeah. look at like can I see when this book was printed? And if you, if you really, you couldn't, like, you I wouldn't be able to, to tell by the photography in it. Totally. And I wanted to look at some of these to be like, how old is this? Like Vincent Wolf, this one, um, Thomas, Thomas Pheasants. I can't tell. There's not a date in them. And also this work is always going to be extraordinary and always challenge people mm -hmm. that are trying to level up or to show a client something this beautiful and say, I really think this could be, this could be extraordinary yep. if you want to go there. You yep. know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I think he has a beautiful examples of how to get there. So mm. anyway, yeah, really great. What's next yeah. for you, Sue? Number nine. Again, it's another soundtrack guys. <laughs> it's another mixtape. Um, this one's okay. This is a Vogue living book. This one is called country city coast. Um, any of the Vogue books, the house, the other one is houses, gardens and people, that was like, I think that was released like 10 years before this one, the Vogue on location. I've had that one for a long time. Anyway, all, and if you ever see any publication by Vogue, go ahead and buy it. It's a surefire way. It's going to be an awesome best of album because they are super kick-ass and, um, they look good together. They're beautiful on together. a shelf and an office, yeah. wherever you're going to display your books. I think they play really well. Yeah. One with another. This one, it has a white spine. Um, the type is black and and red. And then the top, I love the top of it too. I'm a, I'm a more colorful gal, but I love that it has a French Louis the 16th chair, like in this orange silk fabric. And then it has this like turquoise mirror. And then it has a surfboard with skulls on it. Anyway, just kind of this slap in the face mm -hmm. in the front, kind of giving you this like permission to like bring your surfboard in, bring your life in. And I think again, that's what the theme of all these books is, is just like kind of be you. Um, I love that it was, I think probably all of them have 
are done and written by Hamish Bowles. He's the editor in chief, I think at large for their global. Um, he's also in 2021, he was named editor in chief of world of interiors. I just found that out. Amazing. Anyway, I remember like even like the Vogue's in high school and stuff. I remember seeing his name. He was just this handsome Englishman that was always like traipsing with Anna Wintour. And anyway, I was just like, Hamish, that's a cool name also. But just all of his words in this, in this book and reference of all these spaces, again, from these like really interesting people, um, I think it's just, it's so fun to look at. This is a big book. It's a super duper thick book. Um, this is one I'll go to if I'm, if we're designing for a client and I need a mood or I need a story or color inspiration, I'll go to this book quite often and I'll have it out, whatever that mood is that I found in that book, I'll have it out at the presentation just to kind of introduce the feeling. Mm -hmm. This is a great book for that. I love it. Um, I think the colors are all really interesting. I love that it has a, you know, cause it says it's city country coast. Mm -hmm. And so you have everything from the ocean you know, to fields, you know, in England with like sheep grazing, mm. you have all these things. So not only like, it's just inspiring, just like really understanding your environment and how that's interpreted into your home. Yeah. This book, I think explores that in a really, really cool way. Um, Hamish, he writes in um, the forward, he writes, and again, this is a, just talking about the celebrity um, of these private realms, right? He says, in their eclecticism and diversity, these lifestyle portfolios not only reflect the very different personalities of the people who created and live in these environments, but also hold a mirror to the fast changing times and the fashion and societal change that Vogue and more recently its website too has reflected so potently across the years. So to your point, Corey, of just that these, you know, are celebrated spaces from over. It's not just like these are spaces from the last 10 years and this is what's on trend. Mm. You can't pinpoint when it was done, but Vogue does such a beautiful job at doing that and curating that in there that it's just, it's classic, but yet it's, it's modern, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, there's nothing stodgy about it. Cause they're, you know, they throw something to F it up yeah. and I just, you, you can't go wrong to like pick up a Vogue book. Um, if you're looking for inspiration and I love this one again, this is awesome. Awesome on the cradle. Yeah. You guys go get cradles have one in every room. They're so, so great. I'm so glad we developed that because mm-hmm. it's something that we would do anyway. We would just always leave a book open, usually on a coffee table, but yeah. this just gives it this like little beautiful elevates you know, it. elevated mm-hmm. and just kind of celebrates the interiors of these books, which we so love. Yeah. It's you know? so much better than a closed book on a shelf. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I like putting a treasure in the, in the open spine. You know what I mean? You yeah. can put beads in there or Relics or yeah, paintbrushes. It's just a real beautiful artistry and a great thing to celebrate the book. Number 10 from Roll Jess. Hold on. Were these in order? These are just like one, like not in any specific order, just 10 books. Yeah. They're super cool. 10 books. Yeah. Actually, this one was intentionally last because this one I read to my interior designers and it's like once every five years, we have a new crop of designers and I'm like, gather around, gather around. I gather need around to, children. I need to read <laughs> this hand. because this is how I believe a uh, um, client should feel about their designer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a designer is as good as its resources, right? Yep. And you can see in this next book, the feeling that, um, so this next book is ABC DCS and it's David Collins studio, which is the DCS and ABC is because it is a um, alphabetic uh, compendium of architect and designers 
uh, architect and, de and design ideas going through it. So it's like um, A is for architecture. B is for um, beautiful. C is for color. D is for details. E is for, and then elect, uh, eclectic. eclectic. And he just goes through all the different things within interior design breaks it down in a really beautiful way. And his, his font choice is amazing. It's, um, it's so like pretty. in a, in a golden, uh, detail that's been embossed into the front of the book. Beautiful, like a mint green spine and then gold flashy letters across it. David Collins studio is the book, but really big is ABC DCS. And the reason why I love this book is because Madonna wrote the foreword wow. of the book and he was Madonna's uh, interior designer, but more than anything, like a, became a best friend. So she writes the book. I mean, she writes the foreword. It always makes me cry. And so I was like, I got to do this one at the end. I have just kind of taken out my favorite bits because I can't just sit and read the whole foreword to you, but it's worth buying. His work is extraordinary. He does incredible, incredible interiors. He's British and um, cool hospitality too. Really hospitality, fun hospitality more than anything. Yeah. Gorgeous restaurants yeah. and hotels and public spaces and, um, and then a few residences, which, oh my gosh, these sheer Romans. Again. <laughs> I know. Kill me. You guys, I wish L you were here. <laughs> L is for Lux. When you guys get the book, look up the letter L. It's just stunning. Again, challenges you to like think outside the box and be an even better, an even better designer. Um, like, do you want to be awesome? Yeah. Look at this book. Get the book. If you like, if you like excellence like cool in interiors. Yeah. Um, okay. So in the forward, Madonna starts out and she says, um, I was asked to write an introduction for a book about the work of my good friend, David Collins. Of course, I would like nothing more than to sing the praises of a man who was schooled and trained as an architect in Ireland and went on to become one of England's most revered and respected interior architects. Yes, he helped me decorate my homes in New York and London. Yes, he built uh, beautiful handcrafted furniture for me. Yes, he found gorgeous linens, silks in Greece, Italy, and Thailand, and brought them back to transform them into curtains or reupholster an odd set of chairs. Yes, he took me to antique shops in Paris and turned me onto the most exquisite Fornicetti lamps. He introduced me to the genius and poetry of Line Vitrin. And, and many artists and designers I'd never heard of. David was my very own art and design professor. <laughs> and then there was his infectious appreciation for subtle beauty of every gradation of blue. When I think of David, I think of blue. Then again, when I think of David, I feel blue because I miss him. I'm always in desperate need of his advice, input, and direction. When I look around my houses in New York and London, I'm struck by what an influence he has had on me. He has left his souvenirs everywhere, his touch, his taste, his flair, his blue. He has influenced the way my home, my homes look. Of course, he's had a much bigger impact on my life. I don't remember the first time I met David Collins, and I'm not embarrassed to say that because he was like magic, like all great magic. It just happens and you can't explain it. Nevertheless, he showed up and I was feeling lonely and working in London for a long period of time without a single friend to drink with or gossip with or cry um, on the shoulder of. That is until David walked into my life, or should I say swanned in, looking dapper, of course, this handsome Irish fellow with the strawberry blonde hair, nerdy glasses, and trademark blue suit changed my life. Um, 
Let's see, I'll skip a page. And then at the bottom here, he says, David knew everything and everyone he knew how to. He knew he had the best masseuse, the greatest florist, the perfect lip, lip balm, and the newest, most incredible play we had to see at the West End. Later on, when I married and moved to England, I bought a house. He did everything he possibly could to make me feel at home, from helping me decorate to turning me onto the best lemon tart. I could always count on him, and he was always there for me. He took, he took to calling me Muriel after we saw Muriel's wedding because he said it was sacrilegious and downright ridiculous to say my name in public or private. Did I mention he's witty and irreverent sense of humor? Shame on me. David always had a naughty story to tell or an amusing anecdote or juiciest gossip. He did not tell jokes. He was just damned funny, even when he wasn't trying to be. Um, after I gave birth to my son, Rocco, um, I was feeling fat and unattractive and convinced that I resembled a milk truck. David took me shopping, <laughs> bought me slimming clothes, reminded me that thousands of girls would pay good money for the size of my breasts. And I said, I wouldn't pay good money for the size of my stomach. And he threw a corset on me and insisted we go dancing to sweat off those extra pounds of baby fat. Such a sensible man. <laughs> Yes, I miss his good taste, his recommendations, and his never-ending knowledge of all things chic and beautiful, but mostly I miss him big, beautiful. I miss his big, beautiful, generous heart. Perhaps he was too generous. He seemed to take better care of people than he did of himself. Even when he found out he was sick, he underplayed it. And because of this, I was not able to, to be there for him in the final weeks of his life, and I never got a chance to say goodbye. So David... Wherever you are, I hope that you're reading this. Dear David, I miss you. Whenever I arrive in London, I automatically dial your number. I need a restaurant to go to. What's playing at the Cerzon? I want to go dancing. I need an antique mirror in my hallway. Should we um, go to the uh, con Connaught for a drink? When's the next series of The Fall coming out? I'm sick of the curtains in my sitting room. Got any ideas? I need you to cheer me up. Tell me one of your saucy stories. Tell me about your latest adventures in South Africa. I need you to make me laugh. I want to see the crow's feet wrinkle up on your freckled face when you smile. I still can't get used to the fact that you're gone. But you aren't really gone. You're everywhere. The balm that you gave me to rub on my temples when I feel anxious is still in the drawer next to my bed. It's suffered from overuse. The smell reminds me of you. Lavender, another one of your favorite colors. I want this smell to last forever. The memory of you certainly will. Love, Muriel. Oh, <laughs> that's way good. That's Madonna. Beautiful. Anyway, I think that the role of interior designer is such a huge one. And it's like a therapist. It's emotional. It's a marriage counselor between you and your husband. You can see the role that David Collins played in the life of Madonna when she moved to London to play Evita. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just think we play a really huge role in people's lives. We're like their, their hair girl or whatever. They're like, Oh, new house. No problem. I'll call my girl, you know? And I just thought it, I just always think it's a beautiful example of what we are to other people and, um, just to be there for them, no matter what, you know, if they're coming in town, take them to the best places to eat. If they mm -hmm. want to go shopping with you, go shopping with them. If they, you know what I mean? It's, it's a really deep thing. It's super personal. And the more, you know, a person the better designer you'll be for them. And that relationship between David and Madonna, or as he liked to call her Muriel, is one of my Beautiful. favorites. So I had to do that one at the end. That again is ABCDCS. It's by Asseline. It's beautiful. Yeah. 
Um, we have lots of gorgeous books on our website. We will make any of these that are still in print available on our website too. By the time uh, these come out, we have a bonus book for you. Suzanne is going to tell you about that. We all just love and adore, but we could only, we could only put 10 on here. And I then we're know. like, wait, what about? Like, that was on my list. And I didn't bring it in my pile. Party foul. Yeah. 8,100 guys. It's, it's again, it's a hundred years of, right? A hundred years of 80 publication. Arch- architectural, architectural Digest. Digest. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it is stunning. It's again, one of those like beautiful linen covers. Mm-hmm. It's a top of stack. If you need to neutralize a space, it's pretty mm-hmm. unopened when it's closed, but when you open it. It was so, it has just like the most incredible and it came, we cannot keep it on the shelves because like it belonged, it belonged in every home Mm -hmm. because it has something for everyone. Yeah. Um, I think whenever we think of like beautiful interiors that most people just are dying to see, it's always AD. If we do a search for something and we're like, oh, let's see, we need a four poster bed to show the client. We'll always type in four poster bed, architectural digest. Architectural digest. (laughs) It's just always like, it's always in our search to make sure we get the best images. So AD 100 is a hundred years. I did yesterday. Architectural digest. Yes. It's just like the most beautiful images. Yeah in the world. Yep. So pretty. So for your top so, of stack, there's another one for you. 8100. Yeah. That one's also on the website. On website. Um, AliceLaneHome.com. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, okay. I think that that is top Does 10 design books okay. that we favor. Um, thank you for listening. You guys uh, get inspired, uh, get these things on your books, um, on your bookshelves, on your coffee tables, on your nightstand, study them, live with them, and then get to work on your own homes. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We're going to catch you next time. We've always wanted everyone to have some of Alice Lane in their home. So we've created a program where you can have one of our design specialists help you pull your home together one room at a time. They will help you space plan and source each piece down to the very last layer. And get this, these services are complimentary and offered nationwide. For more details and information, email us at designrequest at alicelanehome.com or you can give us a call at 800-423-7757. Again, email us at designrequest at alicelanehome.com or call us at 800-423-7757. We are so excited to work with you. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 